Welcome to Conversations with Vegan Parents. This is a podcast where a group of vegan parents come together and chat about our experiences, share any resources, recommendations and support to other vegan parents. We are not qualified to give medical advice and health and nutrition advice, although we may have some special guests on sometimes to do this. We are parents offering ideas to other parents from our own experience and knowledge and can hopefully point you in the right direction to companies and websites that can give you that advice. This week we're joined by Ruth Jenkins, who's been vegan for 22 years and a parent to a six-year-old. In this episode, we talk about the campaign that Ruth has started to help schools offer a more vegan-inclusive education. We talk about some of the current practices in schools that are not vegan-inclusive. We talk about what it is in the pack that she's sending out, and we talk about how you can sign up your child's school to receive the pack. Let's jump in. Hi Ruth, thank you very much for coming on Conversations with Vegan Parents. So before we talk about why you've come on here, um, can you tell me a little bit about yourself, how long you've been vegan and how old your children are? Uh, so I've been vegan for 22 wow. years now. Uh, I went vegan when I went to university in my first term. Um, and uh, I now have a son who is six and he's vegan. Brilliant. So what brought you to so tell us why you're here why have you come on to talk and really like what brought you to that position to wanting to do this uh so uh you kindly invited me on because i've started a campaign to make schools more vegan friendly um i uh, obviously sent my son to school last year uh, at five uh and was just sort of I don't want to say overwhelmed, but uh, there, there were sort of endless not vegan friendly things that he had to experience um, from, you know, no vegan school meals being available when he started to just day to day things like nursery rhymes, like one, two, three, four, five, once I caught a fish alive. Um, and it was just a challenge. Uh, and uh, so this is my strategy to make things better for him and hopefully for lots of other vegan parents. Yeah, it's amazing that you're... Um a lot of people like I was going to say how do you have time to do all this because it must be a lot of work for you to do this whereas like we normally focus on like making things better for our own little circle like okay just speaking directly to the school that our child goes to but here you are able to do this for any school um well it cut it grew out of what I was trying to do at his school so um I had some kind of interactions with them about vegan things kind of on an ongoing basis. And then they told me that they were going to do a chick hatching oh, wow. program, uh, which obviously just mm. broke my heart. Um, and so it kind of caused me to do a lot of research for them about chick hatching programs. And I was amazed to find that the RSPCA actually says that schools shouldn't do them, that they're, you know, they're not suitable on animal welfare grounds. And I was like, come on guys, this is the RSPCA. It's not like the most radical yeah. vegan organization. <laughs> They are saying we shouldn't do it, we really shouldn't. Uh, so I kind of gave the school quite a lot. So did they stop it? Did they not did they not do it? Of, no, I expect the kind of considered mm. response. And like they didn't get back to me at all for a really long time. Um and then just basically said, you know, we're we're <gasps> carrying on with it. And I was like, but 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 and they they hadn't actually read yeah. my letter, uh, you know, the, the lady who came to discuss it with me. And when she had the final conversation with me about it. She said, you know, uh, you should just send your child somewhere else. And wow. I was just sort of flabbergasted. 
because you don't expect, <laughs> expect uh, people to kind of take that route, really. Um, so, uh, so the the sort of the point where I began the campaign was just sort of holding a lot of frustration about the fact that as a vegan parent, it's really hard because there's a lot about veganism, and you don't want to like flood your child's new teacher mm. with all of that upfront because you recognize a lot to take in. But you also kind of don't want to be doing the drip feeding mm. approach all the time because then it, you're always kind of nitpicking and you're desperate not to disturb the relationship that your child has with his teacher and with his school. You know, it's so critical when you're sending them off into the world, you know, for the first time as I was in reception. Um, and so the kind of the campaign comes of, about from trying to take that pressure away from yeah. parents, from it having having to be through you every time and having to be this focus of kind of awkwardness to just say to teachers and schools actually this is a big thing this is an across the country thing and um, it's something that you ought to be taking seriously you know for the sake of a child but actually now you know veganism is a protective belief under the equality act so you've got a legal requirement to do this so let me help you let me give you some good suggestions or tips to make things better and prep yourself or what I suspect will be hordes of vegan pupils coming. Yeah, so so what is included in the pack that you're sending out to the schools? So uh, the schools will get a letter that's sort of three sides, which explains basically kind of what veganism is, um, you know, that it is a protected belief, um, and sort of a, a gentle introduction. So the, the letter has a section about compassion and explains that, you know, obviously all of the pupils in a school you expect will feel compassion, but a vegan pupil will feel it in situations that other pupils mm. might not. So if you have a child sitting through a nutrition lesson and your teacher's talking um, about dairy milk as being essential for, you know, strong bones, your child's going to have a number of reactions. You know, obviously at different ages, children know different things, but they're likely to know that a cow's babies are taken yeah. away from her. So that can drink their milk you know they might know more about you know the horrors of artificial insemination and you know an early death um but they're, they're gonna have all of those feelings and and not understand why their teacher doesn't even know that or doesn't care yeah. about that um and they might have you know the environmental awareness that that whole process is very damaging for our planet and they might have a nutritional awareness that um, you know, dairy is the leading cause of saturated fat in this country, which has all sorts of horrible health consequences. So it's quite likely to leave vegan children feeling unsettled at the least, you know, and sort of upset and confused yeah. beyond. Um, and it, uh, the, the sort of the pack and the letter are designed uh, to help teachers understand because actually it's entirely understandable that they can't see the world through vegan eyes until somebody's mm. explained it. Um, and I hope that the letters are sort of a neutral way of receiving that rather than receiving it from a particular vegan parent. Because one of my experiences talking with our head teacher um, was that I sat down with him and he said, you know, well, you're not going to get me to go vegan. And I, it, I was, again, shocked because I was like, that's not the conversation we're yeah. having. <laughs> Where's that come from? It, but the, the, the instant defensiveness that people yeah. have, um, it sort of, you know, comes as a shock and, and is off piece for them as well like one of the things that um i kind of talked about in an in an article was uh, the inclusiveness in general that i feel from my son's school so uh 
they're, they're wonderful. Their teachers have Stonewall training and it's hugely religiously and ethnically diverse. Um, but this is an area where they've got a blind mm. spot. Um, it's sort of like uh, uh, all the other areas where people have had blind spots and have had to be educated. You know, if you come from a, a mainly white background, you have to understand different cultures. You know, you, you have to be taught about them so that you can understand and appreciate, you know, and a lot of effort goes into my son's school uh, to do that, I think, to teach about different religions and different belief systems. And really this pack and letter is just designed to feed into that mm. process. Uh, to say, look, it's just as simple as everything else, you know, that you take on an inclusion basis. Um, so let's just tackle it like that, step by step, and schools will all have inclusion officers uh, take this forward. Um, and if you need any help, you know, the vegan parents will be delighted to help you. You know, they're going to be a great resource. Um, but not to rely on the vegan parent to educate them in everything and then resist that education yeah. all the way. So what kind of things, other than like the hatching program, what sort of things in school are not really vegan inclusive? Obviously the food choices at the table um, at lunchtime, but like within the actual education, what is it? You mentioned nursery rhymes. Um, yeah, what else do the children are exposed to? Um, uh, it kind of crops up in lots of different ways. So food is obviously like school lunches. Um, but I put a bit in the pack about like treats because you know some children might get given kind of Easter eggs as treats and I had parents tell me that their uh, kids were given grapes as alternatives. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love healthy eating and like that's all cool but you know if you're trying to like have some parity amongst kids then a grape is not the same yeah. as an Easter egg you know and it, it's kind of lazy really when all the supermarkets you know called the Barrett have got lovely free from ranges it's really mm. easy. Um, uh, then like, you've got food kind of coming into kind of catering lessons, home economics, whatever you've kind of got there. Um, and I had parents tell me that their kids were always sent, you know, the recipe, you know, to involve chicken and whatever. And it just, it's, an, it's a really easy area to make inclusive for everybody by just picking a recipe that everyone mm. can do. Um, uh, and again, they wouldn't dream of doing, you know, a bacon fat for somebody who didn't eat bacon. So it's, just, it's an extension uh, of that inclusion, I think. Um, then for my son, uh, he had a book sent home with him. And again, like, I don't feel hugely militant as a vegan, but I don't really want my son to have to read books, teach him to read about how you make an egg and crust sandwich, you know, and, and the, the latest one has both beef in it and things. And it's just sort of subtleties. Uh, my uh, son, uh, summer project was on the mm. farm um uh, which obviously gives you scope to do some project work about agriculture you know in terms of, of growing food rather than you know keeping livestock yeah. um but uh it's uh, it's sort of upsetting to see the normalization of keeping animals in captivity and their use and not have a discussion around it sort of if, if it was going to be discussed uh, in terms of what happens to these animals yeah, later on. but they don't do that, uh, do they? Feel, yeah. No, and they would regard that as hugely inappropriate for a class yeah. of five-year-olds, and I get that. My, my point is that if it's inappropriate to talk about it, it's probably inappropriate to be yeah. doing it. <laughs> um, but he had a, a worksheet that was um, a, a, a sort of 12 pictures of animals, 
and it was like which of these belong in a farm and which of these belong in a zoo yeah. sex, right? <laughs> none of them they all belong free <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so that those were sort of his experiences you know and he had a peter rabbit video uh, which involved you know a fish being caught you know on a hook mm. um which is so it's so normalized mm. that you know you think well it's just a normal children's book but actually if you know then you're seeing an animal suffocate you know in pain and that's horrible mm. Um, and you're sort of receiving the school newsletters proudly talking about what's coming up in the next year. So they do a visit to um, a fish market uh, as an outing and they do a heart dissection in the final year. Um, and it's just sort of knowing that there's all this work to do. So when, when I was in touch with the head teacher, I was saying, can you let me see like what's coming up for the next year? You know, and I'll flag on your curriculum which bits are going to be you know challenging which bits we need to look at and he just wasn't up for doing mm. that so the the letter and the pack are a way of saying this work needs to be done here's a way of you know easily going through it and uh, if you want any help we're very very happy so do you offer any alternatives that they could do so so what are they trying to learn from the egg hatch uh, program and what can they do instead to learn that same information and the same with like the heart dissection or the fish farm like do you offer alternatives so that it makes it a little bit easier for them to change that yeah so when I was writing that first letter to them about the chick hatching um I discovered that there's loads of wonderful resources you can buy model eggs that actually show you how the chick is growing inside the egg so you can kind of like open them day by day to see what's happening um, and the, I mean, the most lovely example I saw was uh, putting up nest boxes with um, cameras mm. inside so that you can actually give an animal, a wild animal family, a chance of a home and kids can watch them in relationship to their parents. I mean, obviously the thing about chick hatching is that they are separated from yeah. their mother. And I, I was very clear that that was inappropriate learning. It's, it's educating something that isn't true. Yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not it's not real it's not normal and it's not okay i discovered i didn't know before but when i was researching it that uh, mother hens actually talk to their chicks in the eggs and the chicks talk back like they're learning mm. each other's voice at each other before they even hatch and yeah. um, they turn their eggs you know repeatedly every day and a horrible side effect of chick hatching projected apparently that lots of the chicks get stuck to the side of the egg because they're not being turned um, well yeah I know, and they, you know, they come with instructions about how to dispose of chicks that you know haven't developed properly. Because yeah. of that, it's horrible. Um, uh, and uh, so yes, so sorry. Coming back to your question, we do uh, have alternatives for the chick hatching projects, and there are amazing dissection alternatives now as well. You can do computer-based ones, um, and you can have physical ones that are you know made of. Sort of plastic with different textures <laughs> more, more of a sense of kind of what's really there but the really interesting thing I found is that the research says that kids do as well or better with the alternative mm. than with the, the you know the real uh, body parts uh, for a dissection because you get the chance to do it again and again so you're comfortable mm. with it and you're not working with any emotions of you know Disgusting. I can imagine even non-vegan children are disgusted and shocked at dissecting a heart of any animal. That it's not something that we need to really be exposed to. Yeah, exactly. And and uh, you know, I 
completely take the argument that you know if you're going to be a doctor you need to at some point practice uh you know practicing on bodies when you are becoming a doctor seems perfectly reasonable like yeah that's not going to be in primary school as it is <laughs> yeah it's not actually making a massive difference no. Um, so where can people find information about what you're doing and how do they register their school if they haven't already? Uh, so the website is uh, the education, so vi for vegan inclusive uh, education.co.uk uh, uh, and if you scroll about halfway down the front page you can see a map uh, which I love because I'm a, a geographer <laughs> and uh, so the map is covered in tags of all the amazing vegan people and parents who've tagged their schools. Um, so there are instructions there for how to tag yours. Uh, we're over 800 schools now, which is so exciting because I don't think any of us knew how many vegan pupils were out there till yeah. now. Um, uh, and the, the tags do just cover the UK. You know, there's Scotland, Northern Ireland and Wales and England. And like, you know, from Land's End to John O'Groats, there are vegan kids. You know, rocking it in schools. Um, so, uh, if you've not registered yet and you'd like your school to get a pack, you can follow the instructions there and register. Or if you have any problems dealing with the map, uh, which can be a bit grumbly, uh, there's a contact email and you can just email me your school name and location and I'll add it. Um, and in January, we'll send out the first batch um, of packs and letters. Uh, but I plan to keep sending them out um, every month after that for anyone else who wants to register. Yeah, so there's not like a deadline that if they haven't registered by a certain time, they don't get it. They can still register and you will send out beyond January. Absolutely. And one of the really nice things was when I started publicising it, loads of parents got in touch and said, like, will you do nurseries as well? Mm. Um, and I'd only like thought about schools, but uh, of course, we're very happy to do nurseries. So, um, I've, yeah add them to and they're a lovely kind of pot of kids about to embark on their education journey so I look forward to yeah and and nurseries tend to do the same kind of things they do the nursery rhymes they they um some of them even do the chick hatch program but they're still bringing in non-vegan um situations that they're just not thinking are they they don't realize the impact it might have yes exactly it's just about not not knowing and and needing a neutral way to begin to learn so it doesn't feel uh, attacky and I think even with the loveliest sweetest vegan parent approach because people can feel discomforted about their own kind of behavior in comparison to a vegan approach they can be unnecessarily defensive mm. so I hope that this uh, sort of sidestepping approach is really valuable and I was going to ask, how do you fit this in? Is this just like, do you have a full-time job and this is just on the side or are you committing to this full-time? Like, it seems like a lot of work has gone into it. <laughs> uh, it probably was more work than I thought it might be when I started. <laughs> um, I um, I was working part-time uh, and so um, uh, there's sort of a bit more space in my life than there was and I've just upped my hours to be a bit more, you know, closer to full time uh but um i'm hoping that like now it's kind of up it will just roll mm -hmm. so there'll be a big packing and uh, posting exercise uh, later in january uh but then uh hopefully you know it's just a once a month kind of thing with a bit of updates because i'm sure there'll be lots of new and exciting educational resources yeah uh, online and i look forward to kind of carrying on maintaining a site to share those uh with everybody um 
but not that just really simple you know switching out your nursery rhymes ten green bottles is not a massive oh yeah <laughs> but it's it, it's the effort that you've gone into to research this stuff and to put it all together um how are you funding the printing of everything and the posting of everything is there any way that um, parents can contribute to that um oh well just to pick up on your yep. first point research, i need to do a massive shout out to laura chetler who is a uh, teacher by training um, and produced the most amazing book called Veducated, an educator's guide to vegan inclusive education. Uh, and um, uh, it's just um, the most beautiful slimline volume explaining to a teacher like what veganism is, why veganism inclusion is important and, uh, and how you can go about it. Um, and so I need to do a huge credit to her for making my pack so much better than it would have been if it was uh, just my resource and research. So her book is included in each of the packs, is it? So uh, her book isn't included, but we recommend okay. it in each of the yeah. packs. And I uh, use much of her wisdom to make my pack hugely better. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I have to acknowledge lots of other teachers uh, and education specialists who got in touch when they heard about the campaign and really helped. Tone it. It's been so. It's been a massive kind of group effort. That's amazing. Um, but I do think it's really good as a result. So I'm very excited. Laura's <laughs> also got a different campaign going on, hasn't she, at the moment, trying to get the vegan inclusive meals um, discussed in Parliament. Is that right, Eva? Uh, yeah, she's she's got a, a petition that you'll be able to find um, uh, from her site, Primary of Education, uh, and um, it, that's to get vegan school meals in every school uh which i think is hugely important i mean it's hugely important on a planetary health yeah. scale <laughs> as well as an animal welfare one um so uh i and she she is talking in parliament uh, later this month uh so I, I i think she's a powerhouse um, and i hope she and we can make a massive difference yeah it's amazing uh your, your funding question yep. i slightly stepped but um uh, it's a passion project, so I'm just doing it by myself, uh, and um, it's feeling really good to be able to do something that I hope will make a big difference to so many frustrated <laughs> vegan families out there. Yeah, oh, that's very generous of you, and I guess it's it's we all feel like we need to do something to make a change, and I guess a lot of your, you mentioned at the beginning, your frustrations with your school, and even having spoken to them and their reluctance to change, that you're hoping that at least even if your school doesn't change that other schools around the country may make that change yes i think this pack helps uh because it's it's i would say it's from a more neutral source which obviously is a vegan focused source but it it is independent yeah. of that kind of family school relationship and it is saying you know there are hundreds of these children and for all of them, it's the same experience, you know, as my son is, and you know, in most schools, they are the only vegan pupil. You know, they might be uh, from one family, so there might be a couple of vegan people, but it's really quite rare. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they're from different families, and so I think it's that shift in awareness from schools feeling like, oh, this is just an isolated thing, to going like, no, it's not. It's a national thing, and it's going to be a, a demographic change. The growth in veganism is huge, and the growth in people having been vegan long enough to be having vegan children is huge you know and more and more children are going to go vegan independently of their parents it's going to be a big shift 
So it's it's a helpful thing for them to say, look, you know, this is how you can get ready. You know, this is how you can move forward. Yeah, that's amazing. It's so amazing that you're able to do that, to put the energy in it, to help so many other parents when, you know, uh, I home educate my child, so I've not had to go through this experience um, yet, but I can imagine it can be quite disheartening for parents and they're kind of like very much lost on knowing how they can approach the school. And so by you doing this is just really helping other parents feel empowered and have that opportunity without having to directly discuss with the school, um, having the possibility that their child could have a vegan inclusive education. Yeah, I really hope so. Um, and yeah, just like everyone is unique, aren't they? So some people are far more confident going in, you know, and having a chat. Yeah. Uh, and some people less so. And I think I vacillate between the two, you know, sometimes it's really awkward to go in and have a chat. You just don't feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hopefully this gives people another yeah thank you Ruth so much for coming on and chatting to us about it is there anything else you wanted to share before we ended the podcast uh no I'm hugely grateful for the opportunity Christy uh, and uh, just I'm so filled with excitement about it I hope it goes really well I'm sure it will and I'm sure you'll have loads of people sign up even past January as more children come of age and they enter school um that there's going to be more and more schools and even like for January, more parents are going to turn vegan and then the children will become vegan. But I can imagine it will be an ongoing resource. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you have found it helpful in some way. Come join us over on Facebook at Conversations with Vegan Parents Podcasts, where we can continue this conversation and where I will share any links to any of the websites that have been mentioned in the recordings. If you have any topic ideas for future recordings or you want to join us in any of the recordings, then please do message me. You can message me on Facebook at Conversations with Vegan Parents Podcasts. You can find me on Instagram at Raising Myself or you can find the podcast on Instagram at Convo underscore with underscore vegan underscore parents or you can email me at Conversations with Vegan Parents at gmail.com.